Hey guys, and welcome back to God Coffee and Resilience Podcast. I am your host, Reese, and today I have a very, very, very unique person with us today. His name is Derek Johnson. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I can't complain. I'm happy that you were able to join me today for this interview. I think it's going to benefit a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. I'm excited to be here and, you know, couldn't miss out on a good Saturday, of course. <laughs> of course, of course, Saturday. Oh, my goodness. It seems like the weekend is not long enough. <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, it's it's a blink of an eye and it's Monday. <laughs> Right. Like for real, the weekend is like two seconds and we turn around and right back to work. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I don't want to keep you for too, too long. I do want to start off with our icebreaker, though. OK. OK. Um, I always have to ask about what's your favorite drink? What's your favorite caffeinated drink? Um. I like Sprite, but then I like root beer too. But I would have to go with root beer if I had to choose, if that counts. Um, yeah, yeah, root yeah. beer. I just like the taste of it. I feel like, but it's like it's Me- like not like I have it every day, but it's like a once every blue moon, literally. So that's why I think I like root beer the most. <laughs> That's funny because like when I was young, before I understood, like before I was even old enough to drink anything alcoholic of any type, I used to get Mm -hmm. a root beer when I was stressed and I used Mm. to (laughs) drink my little cup of root beer and I'm like, just hit the spot. Like I'm just, I'm stressed. This is relieving my stress. I had no sense. I had no sense as a child. Um, But yeah, I like root beer. Not a lot of people like root beer. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a different taste, but I guess it's cool in a way, too, especially if you haven't had it in a while, if that makes sense. Yeah. Have you ever had a, like a root beer float? Years ago. I have had one, though, but it was, I don't know. It was too many bubbles for me. It just wasn't that good, to be honest. It just wasn't it, being real. Um, just yeah, I'm not a fan of the root beer floats like that. Yeah, I never had one. So that's why I ask. I'm just like, is it worth it? But it don't sound like it's too worth it. I don't know. I mean, it's worth a trial. Like I said, everybody is different. You know, I don't want my experience to hinder yours. So, you know, I'd say give it a try, though, for sure. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give it a try and I'm going to tell you how it went. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Definitely keep me posted on that. (laughs) All right, love. Well, then, um, I guess the next question would be if you were. No, let me scratch that. What's the weirdest question somebody ever asked you? The weirdest question? I mean, that's kind of a... I don't know. That's kind of a broad statement in a way. Like, give me an example. I'm trying to really decide on that of what you mean crazy. I don't know. I mean, I've had crazy questions like, do I have kids or stuff like Uh that? I feel like that's not crazy. I don't think I really had a crazy, crazy question, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. I think about it. Yeah. I'll take that. That's fair. Because I know there's some people out here, you know, social media is a scary place. And so I've had mm-hmm. some emails that came, not emails, DMs that came through um, mm-hmm. asking me some weird questions. So I was like, let me see if I'm the only person in the world that has experience. 
So are you going to expound on that? Or is, that a, is that a conversation for another day? Are you going to let other podcast uh, guests know about the questions that they ask you or what? I think that could be a whole episode in and of itself. You want to come back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand. I definitely understand that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we'll talk about it later. But um yeah, let's let's get into I uh, guess the first couple of questions we have for you, Mr. Johnson. So where are you right now? Where are you located? Yes, yeah, so I am in Atlanta, uh born and raised here, of course. Um been here all my life. Atlanta is interesting. Um it has its pros and cons. Cons being traffic every other day. Um, pros is just black excellence out here. And I truly mean that. Like it is like the really black Hollywood. You have black doctors, black lawyers, black judges, black, um, what else? Celebrities. I mean, it's just all over the place, just black excellence. And, um, it's just a good place to be overall. Like I said, just to see your skin color and just people that you can relate to. You know, I have mentors that I look at that are really, influential in many different aspects. So it's just a good place to be, to be honest, especially if you're into networking and you're a people person like myself, it's just a great spot to be. I definitely recommend people to visit, um, join the gathering spot. That's a good location to really network and um, just, you know, learn your horizon if you're in your early 20s or even 30s. Like I said, you can come up on job offers on the spot. Like it's just certain aspects of life that you can get in Atlanta that I really think you can't get nowhere else, to be honest. And I love the fact, well, first of all, I can relate to you with the traffic because, you know, I'm close down here in Dallas or close Mm -hmm. 30 minutes from Dallas, but still is traffic everywhere after five o'clock or sometimes 430. If you haven't gotten to where you got to go, you can forget it. Um, Unless you take the toll. No, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, no. I was just saying that because, you know, we overlap a little bit on here, but it's okay. Gotcha. No, I was just saying that that's crazy, though, because in Atlanta, we don't have like a certain time limit. Like we've gotten so overpopulated to where it could be traffic at eight, nine in the morning, sometimes noon. Like it just it's whenever like it's always road construction, something going on out here for real, for real. So, yeah, it's bad. Yes. <laughs> when, when I was in school, me and my girlfriend used to come down to Atlanta all the time. It's like my second home. Um, not mm. home, home, but home in a way, because I've been down there so much. I always used to stay at the same place. And cer- in certain parts, I could turn my GPS off and I was calling myself a Georgia Linian. But mm-hmm. I never I thought about moving to Atlanta. But then I was like, the, for the same reasons, like overpopulated, everybody's going to Atlanta, everybody's going to Charlotte, everybody's going to L.A. And I'm just like, OK, maybe I can live in Augusta. It's two hours away. Maybe I can commute. OK, cool. But mm-hmm. that didn't work out. I ended up in Texas. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, everybody has their own destination. I mean, it's not it's not um, a coincidence that you're out there, though. I feel like, every, no. you know. Part has a season. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I'm glad you shared um, networking opportunities for anybody that's listening that might be new to Atlanta or um, living out in Atlanta and not know, like not be aware of um, the opportunities that are out there, especially for young Black professionals. So I love it. I love Absolutely. that. 
Well, what um, what is kind of like your background and story? Because see, the audience don't know um, mm-hmm. what you have created. And so kind of give them a little bit of insight of what I'm talking about. And um, what was the backstory to your nonprofit? Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, so um, I have a nonprofit called uh, Brothers Rising Over Stigmas. It's a um, organization destined around mental health and just helping black males and just men in general. I wouldn't specify black males, just male in general uh, dealing with mental health issues, um, whether being a diagnosis or just, you know, everyday life. But, um, yeah, I cr- we created this platform about two, three years ago, I want to say about 2018-ish, and uh, me and a couple colleagues of mine that went to Grambling State and one went to Morehouse, um, we all combined and had the same like-minded process of helping the Black community and just males overall. And just dealing with everyday life, being an HBCU student, you know, sometimes you go through your trials and tribulations and you don't really feel like you have the resources of somebody you can really connect to. So that's where we come into play. Um, we're students. We can relate. <laughs> um, we also feel like um, everybody's story is different. But I feel like if you have like-minded people around you and people that you can relate to, then you'll be able to open up more. So that's why we created this platform. Um, we also do Mental Health Mondays every Monday. Um, we're going to take a break in December just to do a mental health fast for the month. So we definitely will have a lot more coming in January of the new year. But I feel like as a team, we need to take a break and all we saw and just get our thoughts together for the new year. So that's an executive decision that I've made. But I would love for people to follow us um, when that time comes. Of course, I would love to let you guys know where we can where you guys can follow us. Yes. Um First of all, thank you and your team for creating this nonprofit, because I do realize as a female, a lot of things are geared more towards females and self-love, self-care and things like that. Do you think that um, that or maybe the the way people were raised or like what are, what do you think is the biggest challenge for men to seek mental health help or to open up? Um, I feel like it's a mixture of all the above. You can't really necessarily say it's one thing just because Mm -hmm. everybody, you know, it's a lot of people now that are in a single parent household that can be a a traumatic effect on them. It's also people that, you know, might be less fortunate than you that might get bullied. You know, it's just certain aspects of life that you never know when nobody's going to financially. Like, you know, who wants to be broke? (laughs) Just being honest. It's just like certain things. You really don't know what people are going through. And I feel like that plays a mental health effect on males specifically because we're told to be tough. We're told to be the man of the household. We're told to be financially free for your girlfriend, for your wife, for your family, you know, be the head of the household. And sometimes that can take a a toll on people. You know, I think a lot of people don't watch their words because words are powerful, um, whether you know it or not. Um, And I have a lot of friends and, you know, colleagues that, you know, are in single parent households. And it's just you can just tell that it played a traumatic effect on them throughout their life, whether it was college, whether it was them growing up to be an adult. It's just certain things that they are not able to process and digest. And like you said before, with therapy, it is key, but it's also like what's going to be that force to make you go. Um, and as a man, you're told not to share emotion. You're told not to cry. You're told to 
oh, you're soft or you're weak if you show emotions. And that's not the case. I think we need to break that cycle and break that stigma because it's causing more suicide deaths. Um, if you look at the rates the past couple of years, it's been up like crazy, especially with COVID and everything. It's just been a whole different effect on life. And as a male, we need to find different outlets. So again, that's why we created bros, but also I feel like a lot of people need to get therapy as well. Yes. And thank you for saying that because a lot of people think, you know, I am weak if I go to therapy and vent to somebody about what's going on in my life. It's kind of like um, black males have the double whammy, just like black females. It's like you're a male and you're told not to show your emotions and you got to man up and we don't cry on top of, okay, well, you're black. So if you did decide to do therapy, most black people it's hard to find a black male therapist or there's hard to find mm -hmm. um, black male psychiatrists, um, someone you feel like you're you're safe, like you're uh, you feel comfortable enough to open up to to tell what's going on without being judged or without it being a stigma. And I literally like had um, someone in my office. Um, for those who are listening that don't know me, um, welcome. I am a psychiatry PA. And so um, I see people all the time. And I had someone in my office say, you know, this is my first time doing something like this. And they were like visibly shaking. And I thought for a minute, like they were going to have a panic attack or something like full fledged in my office. And I was just like, it's not just woosah. It's not what you think. Uh, I promise you where it's going to be smooth. It's going to be okay. Had to kind of like talk them down some enough. And then by the end of the appointment, they were like, oh, that wasn't nowhere near what I thought. And I was like, well, so what did you think was going to happen? And it's mm. kind of, it's hard with social media and everything because nowadays social media is promoting mental health and promoting mental health awareness and talking about it. And celebrities are putting it in their songs. And Taraji came out with her mental health show, I think it's on Facebook or something like that, where she's talking openly and advocating for mental health. But then you still have this stigma from like 500 years ago and, and, People were grown, people, parents were grown up a certain way. And so they're trying to raise their children a certain way. And it's, it just makes me angry <laughs> because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to change it. I want people to be, to normalize this one day so that people, all the people who want help can get help um, and not feel yeah. like they have to stuff it down. And I preach all the time as you're, as you think you are, and as your mind thinks your body will follow. And if your mind isn't in a good place, then your body is not going to be in a good place. So you can try all you want sometimes to try and control things, but mental health is so much more than emotions. They're chemical imbalances. And so sometimes you need medication and sometimes you need both medication and therapy. So thank you for saying that. No, absolutely. And um, I definitely feel like it's just a process of learning and learning how to heal properly. You know, so like you said, diagnosis and medication is not always bad. I feel like a lot of people think that medication is just a horrible thing. But if it's yes. helping you, why not take it? You know? Yeah, it's just like, well, if you had diabetes, would you not take medicine? If you had a heart problem, would you not take medicine? If you had cancer, would you not take medicine? It's just you take medicine to feel better. Nobody got to know what you take. Nobody got to know your diagnosis. That's your business. You do what you got to do to make yourself feel better and going on through life. But people complicate it with 
I think it's their perspective that overrides everything else. And then they hype up everything else and talk themselves out of taking medicine. They're like, oh my God, something. I'm like, you're the only one thinking this. Who else is going to know? <laughs> Who's going to know? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I would definitely say like, Okay, so my brother, I have a brother, he's 22, and um, we grew up in a single parent household. Um, and I think to an extent that has, because you hear the saying all the time, like a woman can't teach a boy how to be a man. And I really feel like I saw him blossom when he went into um, the National Guard. And he's still in the service now. He gets out next year. Hallelujah. But um, I feel like they taught him things that my mom could not, of course. But to another extent, I feel like now that he's back and I'm out the house and he's still in the house, there is that pressure, like what you were talking about, to be the man of the household because he is the only male there. There's my grandma, there's my mom, and then there's my brother. So I guess like to many other men or many other boys that are out there growing up in a single parent home, like what advice would you give them to encourage them or kind of to let them know it's okay, it's okay? Yeah, I would say that um, just be yourself um, and don't try and take on too many responsibilities that you can't take, if that makes sense. Um, just learn how to balance your life. I feel like that is key in life is to have that balance of enjoying it, but also knowing when to lock in, which is my favorite word to use as far as goals, as far as just helping your family financially, whatever you can be. But don't take on too many responsibilities because that can lead to stress, that can lead to depression and suicidal thoughts and racing thoughts. <laughs> so yes. I feel like it's one, just take one step at a time. Um, but also hang around. Um, I call them OQP only quality people. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm kind of in that phase now where I have learned who to hang around and who to not hang around and when mm -hmm. to deal with people and when to not. So I feel like those are key things when being in a single parent household of just people that you know are going to motivate you and help you accomplish your goals. And then you have those people that just like to turn up and have a fun time, party time and not really, you know, be successful or know how to take it to the next level of wealth. And, you know, everybody wants to be financially free. So I feel like those are key things to becoming successful and also helping being raised in a single parent household as well. Yes, thanks for saying that, because there are so many young men out here that are doing great things. And then there are so many young men out there who are just like the statistic, who's following the statistic. And they just feel like that's all they have to offer, because that's all they've ever seen from their parents or um, from their environment. And so I'm glad you said that. I wish that um, not only mental health was taught in schools, but I wish that you know, the men type of mentorship programs. I think there was one called Big Brother or Big Something that my brother was a part of in seventh or eighth grade, just to have a man that you can talk to. Um, before my grandpa passed, it was him. But after that, you know, he had mentors and stuff he could call on and talk to. And I feel like a lot of men um, don't have that. Yeah, it's, it's a very taboo um, environment, especially now. Um, it's just a lot of different ways of life. And a lot of people don't take it seriously when it comes to mental health. I know it's kind of became a popular topic now because of COVID. But before then, when you really think about it, mental health really wasn't a conversation. Mm -hmm. It really was, you know, 
on the back burner, to say the least. And I definitely can relate to males um, just needing that male guidance as well, just because if you are dealing with certain things, a woman is not going to be able to tell you everything, you know? And I feel like also it's kind of hard nowadays finding a black male therapist, like you stated before, and a person that really has a passion for it. I feel like that's the very key thing, because a lot of people just go to work just for the check, to be honest. And when it comes to therapy as well, I feel like some people, they just are there for the check. They don't really care what you're really going through. And then you have some that's very passionate. You could tell the difference for sure. So I would just say as well, when looking for a therapist, make sure that you talk to two, three, four, five if needed to be before you just settle. Because you don't want to feel like you're settling and then you're paying this money and you feel like you're not getting nothing out of it. I feel like everybody has a different season for their therapeutic ways as well. Yeah, I would definitely say like I went through four therapists and then I finally just decided to go see a psychologist and she was a black woman and I she had her own practice in Virginia and she changed my life. So when I moved to Texas, I wanted to stick with just psychologists. A good resource is psychology today. Um, in any area code, um, there should be a psychology today. You can look up in your city or state and be able to look at all the psychologists, all the counselors that are out there, LCSWs, um, clinical social workers, all that stuff, and see if you can find one of color, but also one with good reviews, good ratings, see if they take your insurance and network. But psychology today is a good place. That's where I found um, my psychologist in Virginia and my psychologist here. So it, it hasn't stared me wrong yet. But the people that I decided to go to before I found a psychologist, like just regular counselors or LCSWs, they were okay, but they didn't challenge me. I wanted to be challenged. I wanted homework. I wanted somebody that was going to read me, whether I liked it or not, or uh, repeat back what I just said in my face for what it really was so I could actually hear myself and what I was saying. And I think that's powerful um, when you have someone that wants to actually see you get better, like who takes it seriously, what are your goals? And every day when you do come to see them or every week or however so often and you pay the money, you feel like it's a good investment because you feel better coming out of it or in a couple of months you're doing better than what you were doing before. So that's great. (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 a good knowledge as well because I was just going to say I did go to therapy. Um, But at the same time, I feel like sometimes you outgrow your therapist at times. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I feel like certain people have their certain seasons. Like, you know, when you're dealing with a traumatic situation, yeah, you're going to need therapy right away. But what happens after that, you know, traumatic event has passed, you know, you kind of get older and then you kind of outgrow the therapist, to be honest, because it's like certain things you kind of don't want to talk about or you've outgrown that conversation. So Mm -hmm. I definitely, I definitely am open to the psychologist wave as well. Cause I was like, that's the first, I never heard nobody really mention that aspect of therapy to say the least. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause psychologists, uh, at least the ones I work with at work and the ones that, you know, have treated me, um, I'm learning, you know, their, their studies are different. Like, of course, psychologists learn the patterns and the thoughts of people and the ways, the behaviors of people and how they think and trying to understand they can read people. I mean, they're some of the most smartest people I've ever met. And I work with a psychologist and she has done so many things 
to only be like maybe in her 40s, 50s. And I'm just super surprised. I mean, she has worked with domestic violence people and people on death row and forensics and all this other stuff. And she is the smartest lady. And she has a way with words that can talk anybody into or out of anything. <laughs> so psychologists yeah. are a beast. I would totally recommend you check out all the psych bees. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I definitely got to check out that link for sure. I definitely think it is uh, well needed and, you know, it is a good resource if you need it as well. <clears throat> yes. And speaking of resources, where um, on your website for bros, do you guys have a resource page or anything um, where people can find you, connect with you, contact us, um, events, anything going on? Yeah. So due to COVID, we were we had a lot of events planned, but due to the uh COVID-19, we weren't able to really throw those events. So we definitely were looking to that in the new year. Um, people can follow us at Bro Stigmas, B-R-O-S-T-I-G-M-A-S on Instagram. And we are currently working day by day with the website. It has its, you know, ups and downs. We're trying to balance that. But yeah, we definitely are on Instagram for sure. So make sure to give us a follow. And we do follow back. We're not Hollywood. <laughs> So, yeah, we definitely um, are looking forward to, you know, whoever wants to join and just have conversations and make sure to join our Mental Health Mondays as well. <clears throat> yes. And I would encourage you guys not only to tune into that, but like um, contact Derek and let him know what you thought about this episode. And if you found it inspiring or if you would like to partner with bros um, or if you would just like to attend an event, if you live in the Atlanta area, I think what he's doing is wonderful. Him and his team are actually doing something not just for men, but for black men. And I can't think off the top of my head too many resources I know for black men. So as he continues to build his um, platform and God continues to use and expand him for what he's doing, of course, he'll come up with more resources that are out there and other people that are trying to, to erase this stigma with mental health, but also create a safe place for men of color to be vulnerable um, and to lock in and connect with other men that are like-minded. So Derek, I thank you so much for coming on today and sharing um, everything with us that you did. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure. Um, I definitely want to be a guest on your other podcast as well when, I, when that time comes. And yeah, you can definitely join our platform as well. We would love to have you as a guest. Um, get your insight, Aww. especially with you working in the mental health field. I feel like it's definitely key to uh, get more insight on what we're going through as a whole. Yes, of course. Just keep me up to date. Shoot me an email. Let me know. I will come on and um, talk about any topic you guys want me to fill in on. I'd be honored to do it. Thank you. All right. No, absolutely. And like I said, we got to hold each other accountable and make sure that we are guests on each other. Things. You know, how a lot of people, they say they're going to do it, but don't. So, yeah, let's definitely. Now you know, I'm going to show up now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will let, uh, let our team know in regards to looking out for the email and vice versa. So, yeah, we right. got to make sure that happens because I feel like it would be beneficial on both ends as far as uh, getting more knowledge. Yes, of course. And then, I mean, where can the audience find you specifically if you want to give that information? Uh, yeah, uh, they can. It's not my page isn't private. <laughs> uh, they okay. can follow me at J.32, um, D-E-R-R-I-C-K-J.32 on Instagram. Um, 
I am active on there, but I don't really post too much. Like I might post on my story, but other than that, that's it for real. Um, just because I'm trying to stay away from social media, if that makes sense. Just because mm-hmm. I never was really into social media like that. I think when I got to college, that kind of made me like, okay, I need to see what's up with the new trend. And then after that, it kind of was just like, a, okay, this is getting boring. Like everybody's on it 24 seven. Like I'll be looking at my screen time, like, oh, I've been on this for eight hours. I need to do something with my life. Like, what am I doing? Just scrolling all day and chatting. So yeah, I definitely um, am on there. But yeah, if y'all want to follow to answer your question, yeah, y'all definitely can follow me on there and I will follow back if you don't have nothing crazy on there. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Um, you, I got to have you come back on because, I mean, this whole social media thing, that's another topic within in, in and of itself um, and how it impacts the mind and depression and all them things. So we can definitely have a conversation about that too. But guys, um, thank you for your time, Derek. And thank you guys for listening today. Um, I will see you on the next episode. But until then, guys, please stay prayed up and please stay safe. And I will have all of Derek's information in the show notes. Bye, guys. Later.